Hello and welcome to Talking Baseball. We've got a special guest, a current free agent, and maybe there's some big news being announced. There isn't. Hello and welcome to Talking Baseball. Thank you very much for joining us. It is the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Dropped it a day early so you can enjoy your Thanksgiving without us. Tell your family we say hello, enjoy the dead turkey. My name is Jimmy. Sitting next to me is Jake. Trevor is in California and producer BBD is in the corner. We just wrapped up an interview with Jake Odorizzi. Former twin, current twin, current free agent, former twin, could be returned twin. We talked to him last spring training when life was normal. Talked to him again. Jake, how do you like the other Jake? Feels so good having another Jake on the podcast. Um, Glad we got to talk about our free agencies. He uh, he's a good dude. I mean, you you know, we could tell instantly when we met him in spring training, um, and he was you know, glad to come on and, and have a little baseball rap sesh with the boys, which we're, we're, we're all about. So it's a good time. And I, I think the way to phrase it is Jake Odorizzi, you know, potential stud for your baseball team, mm. you know, mm. Trev, what you got? How'd you enjoy our convo with Jake that everyone's about to hear? You know, I love Odo. Um, just a just a good dude, like you said, and he's very knowledgeable. I think he brings some insight into you know all things, especially baseball. We touched on uh, baseball because I think he's a pitcher in the big league, so that makes sense for us to do that. But uh, all in all, great time talking to him. I had a few questions I didn't get to, but uh, we'll have to have him on again. Yeah, we asked him about some rumors that are swirling about him. Um, I asked a lot about his pitch mix because I was interested in that. And uh, a lot of other stuff. I mean, he's awesome. Pretty casual conversation. Here we go. Enjoy it. But before that, reminder that this interview is brought to you by The Morning Show. It's a show that I do every Monday morning. It's just a bunch of random rabbit holes and topics and current events, but not current events. I don't know how to describe it, but it happens every Monday morning. Talk about American towns. (laughs) Random baseball player of the day. Uh... Books, movies, music. I think I think it's like an you get info on things you normally wouldn't get info on, and people. Yeah, it's like, like that. A, here's a weird story. That's kind of what it is. And then they can tell yeah, their friend, yeah. "Hey, listen to this what? weird tidbit I know." Yeah, yeah, that's what it's about. Uh, you can watch it on YouTube, Facebook, any podcast app. Morning, John Boy, go check it out every Monday. All right, here's the interview. We are joined by Jake Odorizzi on his free agency announcement pod, where he's going to. He's about to tell us right now. Jake, thanks for joining us, man. Hey, thanks, Jake. I, I, maybe that's your free agent announcement. <laughs> announcement. Jake, Jake, same, same. I don't know if you're going he somewhere. You might be on the market. <laughs> yeah, the rumors are damn here. <laughs> Rumors are I'm going unsigned again, and I, I'm just glad you, you remembered the Jake stuff because I think last time we saw you at spring training, I was behind Miguel Sano's thigh, so I don't know if anyone saw me in the locker room there because, oh, my God, I'm just still recovering str- from size that. size thing. Yeah. Okay. 
The visual there oh, puts man. you in a weirder light. <laughs> it always does. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh no, how you doing? How's the off season and normal? Well, I guess more normal life than the season going. Yeah, semi more normal. It's going good. Just a lot of family time. Some getting some fishing done with this with the kids. Uh, some t ball action. Pretty much every sport goes on in the yard. Some swimming. Just you know, just family man. Florida life lets you kind of be outside and enjoy the the nature a little bit. So we're all doing good down here and just uh, taking it as normal. Nice. Trav, how are you doing? I haven't even said hi to you yet. Yeah, what's up, guys? I mean, look, you get another pretty face on the screen and you forget all about me. I understand how that goes. Um, but I'm doing good. I don't, I'm think, I made, I don't a... think I made your power rankings. Wow. So me up That's just true. I'm more of a but younger fair. guy. But fair. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know. I got to play to your strengths. That's not mine. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm doing good. I'm, I'm excited to have uh, Odo on. Obviously, uh, ex-teammates, one of the guys um, – that love to talk baseball with. So we're going to deep dive in some cool stuff today. Free agency, everything that goes along with it. So um, happy, happy to be doing this uh, in the morning, man. Nice. I know you can't, you can talk about whatever you want. I, we're not going to press you. I'm interested in the process of free agency and like when the season ends, when it's officially that date, do you and your agency like get together, have a plan is, is it, what's like the communication process will you just hear snippets every day once a week updates or is it how involved or not involved are you in the early stages so the the way it typically goes for us at least is we kind of had a meeting before the season's over with and then once it's over with we kind of have a bigger meeting during that world series like whenever my season's over with so yeah the season's still going on but we start talking about you know just what we think some ideas some you know teams we think might be interested this that and the other just kind of covering all the bases that you can um and then once the world series is over with you know there's that five-day quiet period where you can't talk to you know you can't offer dollars then you're officially a free agent but um so typically how it goes is you know teams call with interest and that's usually the starting point is interest in you know it's interest is a nice thing like you need interest you get the ball rolling everything like that so that's that's typically how it goes. You talk about, you know, they talk to my agent and, you know, see where I may or may not fit with them, what they, you know, like about me, this, that, and the other. And then it's usually a little quiet period after that. They circle back. Just, and that's how the whole process starts. So we've gotten, you know, a few phone calls uh, already of, of some interest and all that stuff, which was great. And uh, typically when those calls happen, he calls me shortly after, fills me in on what's going on. I keep track of it on my my little notes area and uh, keep track of everything. Like, you know, not like a whiteboard situation, but I like to keep notes of who's called, how many times, what was the discussion. And I like to be very involved in it. Like, this is, this is my life. This is important to me. And I want to be as educated as possible. All right, after you sign, just send Trev those notes. Yeah. And he'll tell us the cool stuff and the not cool stuff. And we won't report any of it. <laughs> Perfect. That is so you though. Like when I think about you as a person in a picture, uh, you taking notes on who's called, how long the conversation went, how it went. Like that is exactly, I feel like how you approach pitching and just baseball in general. So like when you say that, I'm like, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. I mean, you have to try to be methodical about it. Like it's, it's your career and like going back and looking at it, you can tell like the vibe of certain teams you can see where it's like they switch, like, Oh, the last time they talked, it was this. And now maybe two or three free agents come off the board, which has kind of already happened this 
offseason and then you might see a shift in things and it's nice to know like as a timeline to look back on and see you know who's been in it from the get-go and what their you know levels are that sort of things and it's always it's a fluid situation I mean you guys know how it goes like free agency is such a, a roller coaster of one guy goes and then there's a huge um tremor effect and it goes it spreads throughout and that's how it, you know typically it happens so I like to be on top of things. I mean, you know, you know how I am. It's, it's important to me. And I think it should be as for everybody in you know, this situation, you make it to this point, this could be, depending on your age, your only chance at a nice chunk of years, dollars, everything that comes with it. So um, I put my full effort. Dude, I love it. I mean, I would save it in like 10 years or whenever, then send it over and we can do it like chronological order. Like, okay, this team reached out. Okay, Stroman accepted the qualifying offer. Okay, now this team reached out. Okay, Smiley got eleven million. Okay, now this team. It's uh, that's probably like a really cool like thing that you get to see happen. That really only you and your agent get to see happen. Like every team's reaction to news and stuff. Yeah, the behind the scenes stuff is the you know the interest. You see stuff on Twitter. It's like oh, so and so. There's like there was one about me the other day, and like it's it's weird to see it out there and like it gets so many reactions from all over the place. And some of this stuff is like I said, interest. It's like, it's not even, it's like they said, okay, here's a contract, get back to us. Like, Oh, you know, they're interested in my thing as, as a, like um, just as a player, if you made to this point and you're looked down as a, as a good free agent, theoretically all 30 teams should have interest. Like if you're a quality major league player year in and year out, you should theoretically be able to make every team better. So interest doesn't cost anything you just have like everybody should be interested to what degree that's where the dollars and the years and all that stuff start coming in and like what makes sense for teams payrolls but you know interest it's funny how it spikes interest like it's interest spikes interest online and it spreads into (laughs) articles and this that and the other and it gets talked about but that's you know it's important stuff so if you're not in a major market or you haven't played in a big market team a lot of teams or fans may not actually know your story or who you are or anything like that so it's always it's always good to be uh, to have stuff out there, but uh, yeah, it's it's been going. You, good you so mentioned far. the roller coaster ride. Uh, a roller coaster ride can be a lot of fun. Sometimes they can be a bad time. Are you are you enjoying the ride so far? I mean, does that does that smiley contract come out and that was a good day? I mean, how 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 have you been kind of dealing with it so far? First off, I mean, I'm happy for Drew. Me and I know me and Trev played with Drew. Good for him. I mean. He's had a, a very interesting career. He's had some bad luck along the way. So to see him finally get a nice little payday is, is really great for him. Um, you know, I, I, it's, it's hard to look at that stuff and take it for what it actually is because each team is so different in what they have the ability to spend, how they view certain people. There's the analytics that go behind it. Some teams value, you know, depending on how they rank guys, it's not the, okay, I went on uh, MLB.com and that's every team's rankings of top to bottom. Like that's how we feel about people. It's to each their own. And like, that's the special part about 30 teams and 30 different opinions is one team might be at 11 million for Drew and maybe another team was at five. So like, there's just a huge discrepancy between what teams think or what teams view uh, when it comes to players. So I think the most money spent is good for everybody. So the more spent, the more for, you know, the better for everybody else. But um, yeah, it's, it's in a time where we heard a lot about, you know, contracts being maybe really thin with COVID and future spendings. They're off to a pretty good start with, you know, a couple of qualifying offer guys, some early contracts for some lefties. So, um, you know, the starting pitching market, I think is always 
uh, competitive market, no matter what the time is, because starting pitching is always, you know, one of the most coveted things in baseball. Need like seven starters. All right. So the latest rumor on you, uh oh, is four teams showing interest. We have the Giants, the Blue Jays, the Mets, and the Twins. Now, without naming a team, is there any is any one of those teams kind of make you laugh and be like, huh? They are? I didn't know. <laughs> okay, uh, cool. No. No, none of, none of them, none of them, you know, a big surprise. It's, I, I don't have like a set list of teams that I say I'm only going here or I'm only going there. Like I'm open to all 30 teams because like, you, how can you say no to a team that you don't know? Just like a player. How do you say no to a player when you haven't looked into them, you haven't understood them or have a conversation with them? So as a player on the flip side, looking at teams, like why would I say no to any team when I don't? know if I like them or if I don't like them or if my philosophies meet with their philosophies or their pitching coaches, man, you know, there's so many dynamics that it's, it's like, why would you limit yourself to a short list of teams? Unless you're a guy that's older and like has preferences and you've been in the league, you know, long time and you're trying to, you know, win a ring your last year, whatever it may be like, there's different dynamics. But for me and my point, I'm not, I'm not being selective and limiting my market. I'm open to literally everything and I want to learn about every place before I would make a decision. So, um, you know, a long answer to a short question right there. Um, <laughs> just kind of my mindset when it comes to teams and everybody and this, that, and the other, but, uh, you know, nothing shocking in, in that report, um, circling okay. back to it. I, I can, I can add a few mm. teams to that. I don't, I mean, you guys know this, let the audience know I'm one of the more respected guys in baseball. People, a lot of people say that, oh. that I'm one of the most respected guys in baseball. You got laughed at that? by the beat writers when you did your original spring training part two thing. They mocked you. <laughs> oh, we don't care about the <laughs> beat writers. The beat writers can beat it. Okay. This is, this, this does happen to me. Okay. I, I, around trade deadline, free agency, I do get texts asking about guys I played with is how is so-and-so what's his work ethic what's where's he at mentally da, 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 da. I have fielded questions about Odo not specifically those teams either so we can add you know I would say I'd have to look two or three more teams to that list so Odo is hot in the streets right now as he should be you know, we take a look at the numbers. Track record is there for Odo. It's funny to me, though, because I, I like getting to answer those questions. And I'm honest. So, like, I've been asked about guys, and I'm like, I hate that guy. I'm not going to say who that was. <laughs> but it's fun for me when I get a guy like Odo who I know deserves praise, and I'm able to, like, share that back and forth. So, if you do end up signing on one of these teams – I'll, I mean, will I take a cut? Maybe. Will I not? I mean, maybe a nice dinner is... Don't you owe him money already? Yeah. So... I physically... Yeah, I mean, I guess I still kind of do. It's in my PayPal. I told you that, man. I just need... I need you to get a PayPal. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of money sitting there for you. Fantasy football money for everyone that doesn't know. So, what was your team? Well, what was your squad, Odo, that you won? God. Well, it's it's like a year and a half wow. removed, so it's uh <laughs> You have Lamar Jackson. Everyone uh, yeah, Lamar, Lamar Jackson, Jackson last year was but it was a late it was a late draft of Lamar, so like yeah. a good foundation and then that guy that you pick late that's turns out to be the best player in the league for that year, that usually helps win a fantasy league. I think I yeah. Nick Chubb too, he was pretty solid. Um made wheeling and dealing, that sort of fun stuff. Like yeah. just the typical fantasy fun. Me and Chubb used Justin to talk Turner so much crap the... about I did. Yeah. Hey. JT. 
But down. when me and Trev were sitting on the bench together, we talked fantasy shop like he was going out of style. <laughs> and he claimed that uh, he was just the guru of it, and we used to squabble over who was better. It was great. You got the trophy and the he money. We well, don't have the money yet. But yeah, this, well, you have- this year, yeah, yeah, yeah. This year, you could also go from – First to worst. Do you have quick. money from everyone else? Is Trev the only one that's in? It's an escrow. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I'm not going to put any. I'm not, I'm not going to put the the league members under the bus. But one person paid me in full quickly. Um, he he knows who he is. There's some partials. You can say whatnot, Eric Hosmer so. was the best. He paid right away. Got to give Hobbs a uh, shout. Yeah, out but him. yes, I mean. <laughs> But I didn't want to put any shade on anybody else. I don't like to, you know, don't want to play favorites. But yes, Haas Haas took care of it quick. So that means that means Hosmer was the most mad. That's what that means. Like he was like, I don't want to think (laughs) about this anymore. I'm pissed off and just need. He's also so rich that he's like (laughs) sneezed it your way. Found it in the couch. Found it in the couch. Yeah, right in the glove box. Funny man. What um, I don't know, man. How 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 was the season? You you had a Rough year with some injuries and stuff. The twins were twinning again. I mean, it, twinning again. Jesus. Um, you know, uh, the the <laughs> boys are raking. I mean, you, Barrios, Maeda shoved this year. How how were you guys feeling? Was was the year just looking back now? Is it a bunch of weird? I mean, when you were in it, you're so lost in it that you're like, okay, yeah, we played some baseball and, and now it's over. What's... Like now that you've taken a breath from it, I, I know you're in the free agency, but where where's your head at on this season? Like looking back on it now, it's just like it's like one of those moments. Like we really went through that, and this is what came out the other side. Like it went from being all right, we're in spring training to a report comes out about COVID, and then they're like, oh yeah, nothing to worry about. We're gonna keep spring training going. <laughs> Twenty four hours later, we're packed up and gone. Like it was, it happened so quick. And thankfully, I just had to drive from Fort Myers to Tampa, so I had an easier route. But we get back, and it's like, all right, now we need to negotiate return to play thing, and that didn't go well, and took months, and we ended up at the same point we were at months ago. And like throughout that entire time, we're throwing, trying to stay ready, trying to stay in shape. Like there was just no time. Like how do you prepare for a season where you don't know when the finish line is to get ready for it? So like. I think I, I thought I did a pretty good job of staying. Like I was throwing 60 pitches once a week, just trying to stay in it, get up there. And then like our spring training 2.0 was, all right, you got four innings, first outing, five innings. Next time we jumped right into it as I'm sure most teams did. So you face hitters and it's like, all right, well, I haven't seen hitters since spring training. So you overexert yourself and bada bing, bada boom. You got a quick intercostal minor issue that sets you back a week, but a week in that time span is like a month, which sucks. But um, just random things, man. Like it was <laughs> – I find it funny that just to – you know, obviously I had some weird luck this year. But like I see things that people say. It's like, oh, injury prone. I'm like, that's just bad reporting if you think I'm injury prone. Like yes. I've had 28, 30-plus starts every single year of my career. Like I'm not injury prone. I'm COVID prone of weirdness <laughs> happening. I got, I got an intercostal and I took a screamer from Gordo off the chest that set me back, back longer than the intercostal. Um, it happens, man. Like it's oh well. That's I really can't do anything about it. I can put a glove up and do my best, but uh, miss that. And then uh, come back, feel good, and then against the White Sox, I'm like, all right, I'm pumped. Like I, we get to face the team that's we're neck and neck with in the division. I'm finally back to feeling good again, and then I get a cut on my fingers. Like awesome. This is just 
good stuff. But a lot of that stuff, I, like I can identify like, why it happens. Like the cut on the finger, you don't throw enough. You don't deform your calluses. And that's what happens if you're not built up sometimes. Like spring training is a time where you get all that out of the way. Like I use spring training as a tool to prepare for the season. I pitch on backfields. I go to work on stuff that I need to work on. I don't like to be seen in like minor league games because I think anytime you're seen by professional hitters during spring training scouts, everything, it gets documented. So if I'm trying to work on stuff, I want to work behind the scenes. I want to not worry about counts. I don't want to worry about outs. I want to work on like this year in spring, I was working on getting depth on my slider. So I'm on the backfields, just ripping sliders every day, trying to adjust, trying to become better. And that's the place I like to work. And then to have that cut short, like I'm here ready for the season I'm a week behind in the season so it's it was just an odd thing and like I said it's it sucked because I I like to be as prepared as possible and work on things and I just didn't have that this year and then the weirdness the flukiness of line drives and a, a cut on the finger like what can you do but uh when I was out there healthy my numbers analytically matched up with last year which I think is the main thing to take away from that like I didn't lose velocity like the dreaded all right you're going into free agency and your velocity is down like that's a huge red flag <laughs> you know like that's everybody says that like mine's not mine's the exact same I've actually gained velocity in the last you know year and a half two years so I'm on a different direction than typically what you hear going in that and I and I take pride in that and I think that's who I am and that's who I'm I'd be happy to talk to every team and explain just as I'm doing to you guys how I view things and why things happened this past year and how that's not me and not affecting me like I'm going to be the same guy I was in 19 coming into this next year can I go into a little bit of preparation? Because I'm curious about this. Um, we, I had a buddy, um, Dylan Cousins. He was tweeting about how teams should have like a ex minor league pitcher uh, ready to throw live BP throughout the year to hitters. And I thought that was a great idea because you know there's only so many live ABs you can get, and sometimes you need you know standing in on the bullpen is not the same as going up there and facing a guy not knowing what he's going to throw and, and taking a hack at him. Is that the same way for pitchers? Like, would you want to throw to live hitters instead of a bullpen day? Like, would you want to switch that? Or are you, do you think pitchers are just more comfortable working on that without a hitter? Me personally, I would work on it without a hitter. Um, spring training, I think like when it's supposed to be hitters, I'm good with that. But like during the season, I would rather just throw a normal bullpen working on what I want to work on or working on what I didn't like the past start. Like I would like to, work on something that I didn't do as well as I wanted to that last start. So if it was like split command, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to throw fastball split and I'm going to really focus on that. Like my bullpens are short, like they're 20 pitches, yeah. give or take a few less, a few more depending on the certain time. So I'm not really crushing it when it comes out. I'm focusing on what I need to work on and then getting past that. And I'm going to get ready for my start. Like that's how I've approached it. That's how I've adjusted over time. When I was younger, I used to throw like <laughs> 35, 40 pitches. And I'm like, all right, I want to throw more. And then like, take, yeah. you, take the ball out of my hand and like, all right, let's, let's end this thing. So, um, well, yeah, me personally, I'd like to just work on what I want to work on. I like having hitters stand in though. Like I just like having a visual of that bot of a body in there. And, you know, so I'll have, you know, Wes stand in there and yeah. so like act like he's a hitter and we'll go from there. The reason I asked that is because, you know, with like spring training 2.0, there was a lot of inter-squad games and a lot of live VP this year, more so than probably ever before. And there was a couple guys, like I think Donaldson came out and said, like, this is something that we should implement more. It's instant feedback for hitters and for pitchers. And I do think there's going to be a trend headed that way. 
So I, I just, I'm curious to get like, you know, a guy that's still in the game's take on that as far as like, do you think that is, can be helpful to, to players, like having that direct feedback as far as like a hitter in there being like, Hey dude, like your slider, like I kind of saw that your hand, or maybe that one was really good. Like, do you take that into account a lot or is it just whatever? So off of like what we did this year, we I was doing that on my my first outing, whatever. I was talking with the guys and like saying, all right, what do you see here? What do we see here? And like JD was a guy who was, you know, gave me, gave me a lot of feedback. And when you have your own hitters who like, you know, they see you all the time as a, as a fielder. So they kind of know stuff and then they get in the box and it's a completely different thing. Like it's, it's a nice thing to have that feedback. Absolutely. Um, and it gives you little ticks of, all right, maybe this is a little bit better than I thought it was, or maybe this needs to, I thought that was good. Maybe it needs to be, maybe it wasn't as good as I thought it was. So the input is always welcomed. Um, and that's like when I do in spring training, I go back to the backfields. It's usually our hitters. So like our minor yeah. league hitters, I'm facing them. So then I can go up there. I can talk with them in between my inning and say like, Hey, what did you see here? Would you recognize the spin on the cutter more than you recognize the spin on the slider? Did you pick up a split or which, you know, which pitches were tough for you to pick up? Which did you see? Well, that sort of thing. So uh, that's what I enjoy doing because that's the feedback you need is the hitter feedback. Like if you're throwing bullpens, you're like, Oh man, that was nasty. Or, Oh, that pitch sucked. It's like, that could be a swing and a miss any day of the week. You just, you're more hard on yourself when there's no hitter in there. So it's good to get that feedback. So, you know, it's good. I think it's the minor league thing like facing your own team, like your big league team is kind of, like, I'm not a big fan of it just because you let one like run away from you and you pop Nelson Cruz on the wrist and you are hated by like, you know, you're not hated, but you know what I mean? Like you're the guy that, that crushed Nelson's wrist and he's out two weeks because of you. Like that's, I think that's always the fear of inter-squad games is players hurting their own players and it's always pitchers. When it. JD was giving you feedback, was there any shit talking there? Because his numbers against you are kind of are kind of flashy throughout history. Yeah, so well, we uh, we've got plenty of history against each other. It's usually one of about three out. The true outcomes is either a home run, a punch out, or a walk. I think I've given up one single to him in my career, which is a shift beater. On top of that, so um, yeah, we we've known each other well. So I was like messing with him. I threw him like a like a sixty five mile an hour curveball just like really slow it down and see it and it's funny because he gave me good feedback on that he's like you throwing that at such a slower rate gives you a 30 mile an hour difference between that and a fastball like that is as a hitter that resets everything and it's hard to hit it looks so good you know you want to keep jumping at it and that's one thing is like you should implement that more in your game by you know taking 10 miles an hour off your curveball like Greenkey does Darvish like a lot of the guys kind of do it now for the most not for the most part but a select few do it and they have good success with it. so it's funny like me messing with that and him reacting like hey that was really good like just me kind of you know screwing around with him and he liked it and that's like that's the stuff you don't get by just you know throwing to a bullpen are we seeing that 2021 are we seeing the ephus from you i don't know maybe maybe not oh just depends you gotta pick the right spots you gotta do your thing like i model my my whole pitching model like as i've gotten older and like into successful big league career like i model myself after grinky i'm like oh, yes grinky is a type of guy that like body matches well with me stuff kind of similar he had more electric stuff in his prime than than me but like He's the type of guy that is, I've always 
tried to see what he's doing and I can replicate a lot of that stuff. He does it at an extremely high level, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm always trying to get better. I'm always trying to work on. You're, yeah. I mean, do you look at the baseball savants like pitch mix by season for you? I was looking at it earlier today. No, well, no, it, I haven't. It's crazy. Cause and sometimes this is wrong. So you correct me if it's wrong. It looks like that from 13 to 16, you were building up your sinker more and more every year. And then you just completely scratched it. And then it says you're building up your slider to 18, and then in 19, you completely scratch it. Do you scratch pitches a lot, or are they just changing? No, no they're not. They're not scratched. <laughs> they're tweaked. Like, the, sink, I, the sinker is such a weird term. Like, everyone just categorizes a two-seam as a sinker. Like, my two-seam doesn't, like, sink. It has more arm side run, but it still has carry to it. So it's, it's not a sinker, but it'll get classified as a sinker because of that. Like, if I throw a... If I throw a, a, a soft cutter, like I'm trying to shape it in there more, it'll get categorized as a slider or vice versa. A hard slider would be a cutter. So it's it's weird. I think some of it's just they look at maybe just like your release at your hand and then whatever the speed is, they'll yeah. say, okay, that was this, that was that, whatever it may be. But, um, yeah, I, I don't think I've ever been known. Like when I got traded at Tampa, they explained to me why they traded for me because they liked that I had the rise ball effect. Like before the rise ball effect was a thing, pitching yes, up in the zone. You do. I did that in Kansas City and they were like, they gave me a little pushback about it. Like they wanted me to pitch more down in the zone and I was having success doing what I do now, but back then. So I kind of stood my ground a little bit and said, look, this is what makes me successful. If I run into, you know, getting clobbered every single time out there, then yeah, I'll, I'll try to focus more down on the zone, but there's something to this. Lo and behold, I get traded. And then Andrew Friedman explains to me, we want you to do this. We want you to do this more. So it's like organizational philosophies, again, like how they view players and all that type of stuff. Like it could have been a career pivoting point for me if I wouldn't have like stood my ground a little bit and said, okay, I'll be a, a sinker getting down in the zone guy. Like I might not be where I am today. So I look back at that point in my career and I think that was a potential crossroads. I'm glad I made the, the right decision. I wasn't trying to be a dick about it either. I was like, look, I, you know, I have success for a reason. Maybe we don't know what it is quite yet, but another team happened to do it and they told me to continue to do it and why I was doing it. And the why was the most important thing to me. Dude, you know, let that be a lesson to anybody that's watching future baseball player. You have to stand your ground. Like it's your career. And too many times, especially in the minor leagues, you get coaches who get caught up on something, want you to change something. And it might not be in your best interest. So like, I, I mean, I made swing adjustments when I was young because they told me to do it. But in the end, I went back to my original swing that got me drafted into pro ball and I had success with it. Like I wasted years of development trying something stupid. And I love that you said like, look, this is what makes me successful. I'm going to keep doing it. Then you get traded to an organization that values that. I love that story. And more people need to stand their ground because there is a lot of information out there that like, look, it's not cookie cutter. Whatever works for you works for you. And that is um, hopefully we get away from that more and more as we cut down the minor league uh, levels, you know, those six, seven levels and having to deal with six, seven different types of coaching staffs telling you different things is, is not the way to do it. So I'm happy you stood your ground. Cause yeah, look, here you are now established pitcher in the big leagues, second time through free agency. It's awesome, man. And you do have the invisible. That's what we used to call he's it. He's just the trying not to pay you. I think, I think he's just trying to taste, taste <laughs> you more and more to not give you that fantasy football money. 
I have it right. <laughs> I will send it on air right now if he gets a freaking PayPal. I don't want it in there. It's tempting for says, me to spend it. <laughs> it, says, it says over the course of your career, you've thrown all these pitches. Four seamer. Going to go ahead and say that's a yes. Yep. Split finger. Yes. Yep. Slider. Cutter. Yep. Now, would you say it's just a slower slider or yes. a cutter? No. So that was like something I didn't get to really showcase this year. I've added that, like the cutter slider separation. And that's what I worked on all off season, this past off season, coming into this season. And, and obviously it was cut short, but I worked on separating cutter with slider. So I took miles off the slider and added to the cutter. So two distinctly okay. different shapes and something to showcase for next year and something that's, uh, you know, didn't get to get visualized by a lot of teams just because of the circumstances this year, but just a little yeah, nugget nice. for Throw another year on team. the contract. Uh, <laughs> cur- curve. There you go. But the curve's yep. always been very minimal usage. It looks like, but you've always thrown it. Yes. It's always been minimal at, at certain games. Like this is, what was it? Um, in 18, I think again, or 19 against the Astros in Houston, mind you, I threw it like 25 times, which was a ridiculous high. And then I faced them five days later and, and I threw it two times against them. So it was a back to back start. And I knew it was going to be important to do something that I normally don't do. So we did it there, had success, abandoned it at our place, had even That's more awesome. success. That's <laughs> cool. Uh, that is a Granky type thing to do. Sinker, <laughs> two-seamer? Two-seam, yeah, yeah, So yeah. did you, because at one point it says in 16, you threw your sinker 30% and your four-seamer 31%. So did, were you building up both, or is that just they're miscalculated? No, I, I think there's there's certain points where I throw it for effect, and, like, when I have the top of the zone working and I throw a two-seamer, it's going to run even more into a righty. So if it starts at the top middle, it's going to take off in on their hands more so. So if I've, you know, pounded somebody away, 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 or stuck four seamers up and away, I'm going to start it at that same point, but it's going to two seam. It's going to run arm side in. So they're going to go out for it, but it's going to come in. You're going to get jammed. You're going to, you know, do something different. So there's points in, you know, certain hitters that it's more valuable to than, you know, sticking with just four seamers. But I don't know about the 30, 30 split mix. That's, that's a, yeah, like that's a high number, but uh, and then it know. says could be four. It could be four seams with a run too. You never. It know. says change up that you scrapped as soon as you got the Tampa. Yeah, so I could never throw a change up throughout my entire minor league career. Um, could never. I played around with every grip, and they're like, "Oh, just throw like a fastball." I throw it and it'd be like four miles an hour slower than my fastball. Like this is pointless. Like this sucks. <laughs> and trying uh, literally everything, and then when I got to Tampa, Alex Cobb taught me his split. And the mindset of a split is so much different than the mindset of a changeup just for me. Like I can, I throw it with arm speed of a fastball and it's a movement pitch as opposed to, obviously there's a differential of speed too, but the movement is really what gets you the effect and the swings and misses, the weak contact. It wasn't like I'm trying to beat you with 12 miles an hour off of a straight pitch. I want something that's diving, you know, all sorts of ways. And I want it to be in a certain speed range between 83 and 87. Did you, did you try pronating the change up more? Cause that was my problem. I just didn't pronate enough. I felt like if I pronated it, I was going to throw it in the <laughs> dugout. So I gave it a, I gave it a whirl a couple of times, but like I couldn't get the old, uh, the Devin Williams, the, the gyro spinning, uh, change up. 
All right, I need you to throw like a knuckleball. We need to add just, just one, <laughs> just so it's on your page. And be like, damn, this dude threw every pitch over the course fork of his ball. career. Yeah, I'm looking at all the other pitches you haven't thrown. Knuckleball, forkball, screwball. But I think in the 70s, they just threw really slow two-seamers and called them screwballs. Yeah, or the super pronated yeah, changeup, yeah, yeah. just like Jake was alluding to, like that screwball all day. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look. Gosh. What's that? Oh, an Ephus. An Ephus, Ephus is on the list, so one for next year. Yeah, I got it. Ephus is coming. We, we talked about that. Can tack another one, but yeah, like I'm, I'm not afraid to experiment with pitches, and I'm not afraid to if it works, like keep working on it. I think that's what you know. Guys sometimes are set in their ways, and how do you know if you can get better by trying do, something? Do you new? call your own pitches a lot? You know what's, with such a repertoire and kind of a changing repertoire? And... Um, yes and no. I mean, we sit down with our catchers and pretty much have a game plan going into it. But um, a lot of it too is like your catchers knowing you and like. Just in Minnesota, like Castro and Garver were very intelligent guys and really cared about their their game preparation. And we would be on the same page a lot of times. Like I only shake when I feel strongly about something or if we're getting into a habit of, of getting in too good of a rhythm. Like I know that sounds funny, but like if you're constantly just, you know, you're on the same page, we're doing this, we're doing this. Like the hitter just like it's it's a timing for the hitter of, all right, I got – get in the box, the pitch is coming within five seconds because they're, we're working quick, we're on the same page. I like to, you know, do different things. Like, I'll step off, I'll start, a ro- I'll start my motion just plain old stop sometimes. I'll shake off nonstop. And even if it's the pitch I th- want to throw first pitch, it's, it's good to mess with timing. And that's, that's what <laughs> the bones of pitching, that's all it is, messing with timing. Like, it really is. T- yeah, so. Sh- shaking off is it's the dumbest thing, but it'll it'll mess with a hitter. You're like, what? Did he just shake three times? Like, what pitcher? Well, like, <laughs> what pitch are you thinking of? Like, come on, man, you don't have three pitch or whatever, you know. And it messes with you. It shouldn't, but it does. Yeah, and a lot of guys, you can tell when they're fake shaking too. Like, they they get nervous when they fake shake. Like, the catcher will give you like the shake sign, and they'll just be like, <laughs> Yeah, it's know. too much. It's too. It's it's like when you don't want a yeah. pitch, it's like, and then when you fake shake, it's like. Yeah, Granky exactly. did that so. to Soto in the World Series last year. It was a 2-0 pitch, and Granky did a it was a big fake shake, and then just threw a cookie 2-0 fastball right down the middle, and Soto took it. And Soto not Soto He's nodded pissed. to him after, like you motherfucker, like damn it. It was it was a cool <laughs> moment in that at bat. But yeah, it was definitely a fake shake. Yes, that might be. That Gotta might be a though. good top ten list this offseason. The best pitcher head shakes. Like I think Sergio Romo's probably on there because I mean he throws one and a half oh, pitches, the, so he's yeah. probably up there. Well, we had we did the thing with him when he shook um, with uh, Miggy to end the World Series, and that's an, like listening to him tell that story is just incredible, dude. Like he's so animated and like. You want, and you want a World Series doing something silly like that. Oh, no, I, I have a little bit of an oddball one that, that popped into my head. Uh, and Trevor always sucks us into Twins land during the season, and we try to get out. But you guys had something <laughs> pretty wild happen this year. And, I, I again, I don't know if you were part of it. I mean, you're a veteran president on that team. Kirilov gets the call in, in the wild card game. I mean, do you feel any, like, responsibility as a veteran to give him, like, a little pat on the back or anything? I mean, I'm sure you're familiar with him because he's, you know, big, been a big prospect in the organization. But, I, I mean, do you did, did you feel any onus of that? Or were you like, you know, I'll go give him a little taste before the game or anything like that? Just, just curious. curiosity. 
So I, I'm going to personally take some credit for him getting there because I think I faced Ooh. Kirloff more during my downtime of trying to build my pitch count back up because I would go to St. Paul and throw to our, our taxi squad team. Or what, I forget what the yeah. alternate site. He was there the whole time. So I got to pitch all my innings. Like I would throw, I was facing That's him funny. every inning. And it was like I, when I would leave there, I'm like that guy, he's – He's far and above like the best approach. He's like he was a professional hitter down there, and like this guy's big league ready. And I, I got to see him, and it was good for me because I was like, all right, I'm gonna face a guy that should be in the big leagues right now, and this is a good test for me. So that was a nice thing for maybe a lot of teams, like top prospect guys. So like when I was going down, I was facing you know Royce Lewis, Kirloff, um, uh, Trevor Larnich, like all of our you know our guys that are gonna be guys in the future. They get to see, you know, big league pitching. I get to see really upper level, you know, minor league, major league talent. So, um, yeah, so I, I feel like I got to get a, get a nice introduction of what it's going to be like potentially. But so when he came up, it was a surprise to all of us because we had no idea. Like it was just like the roster was out and he was on. And we're like, whoa, like that's <laughs> that you, you're a special talent. Like if you're added for your debut in the playoffs. So naturally when he came you know he was in the locker room i walked by smacked him right on the tush and like hey man congratulations this is well deserved and i'm glad to see you here and you're gonna do you know you're gonna do great i mean i might have had a couple of explicits <laughs> mixed in there too like for him just to just to pump him up a little bit but yeah he uh he was pretty special man and i think he's gonna have a really nice yeah. career I'm going to I'm going to throw a bone to my fellow co-hosts here cuz I know they're probably thinking about it or if they're not they're going to want to know the answer. We've both been a part of the Twins organization now. We both know there's a history against the Yankees in the playoffs specifically. Oh. Like what's the deal? Like I have I've tried to answer this question. I say every year like it's a new team so who cares about the past? But clearly there's something going not on. Not to be like, a jerk. And you might be going but back it's just to the a Twins. history in the playoffs. Don't discount other teams. In the in the no, I'm saying in in the regular season is pretty bad too. But specifically in the playoffs, yes, the Yankees, and you might be going back there. So I don't know if you want to get too much into this. But what what is what do the Twins have to do? Like, what's what's the deal with that? Is it really something, or do you think it's just like almost like a coincidence that it's just been the Yankees so much? Well, like the last you know two years, I guess we got two years ago when we played them in the playoffs. Like, I feel like we overtried like our offense was trying to like we were the bomba squad we hit we set this record for home runs and i think offensively that's what we tried to do we just tried to just bludgeon them like we're like all right we're gonna hit home runs we're gonna do this and that and if you don't hit home runs and you have a home run approach like you don't really get guys on base you don't work counts you don't do this and that so like you're you're not gonna hit nine solo home runs and expect to to win a game in the playoffs against a, a really good team so i think Maybe we just put a little extra pressure on ourselves when it came to it because, I mean, every, like you said, talked about, it's all out there. We haven't won against the – you know, they slash we slash everybody hasn't won against them in the last 18 playoff – whatever. It's crazy. Been. It's a ridiculous it's a lot, streak, dude. But Yeah, and it's like – I think if everyone maybe just took a deep breath and like took a step back, like, all right, let's just go do our job. Like, let's go win a scrappy game. Let's go win like a one nothing two-to-one game instead of – like maybe buying into the persona, we have to do it by, you know, home runs. We have to do it by like flashiness. We have to do this and that, like just play a simple game and maybe that changes things. But um, <laughs> it's weird, man. I don't know. Like I, I pitched against them in game three, did pretty well. We 
you know, you don't score, we don't win. Like that's, that's the long and the short of it. Like it's, <laughs> it's the same game as, as every other game, but it's always so amplified. And I feel like the Yankees are a good postseason team. Like they, they work at bats really well. They take, they lay off of close pitches. They get a big hit when it matters. Like that's, that's the type of team they are, regardless of how they are in the regular season. I feel like they're always a good playoff team, no matter what. So <laughs> we have they won a playoff game the last two years. So it's, it's hard for us to, you know, say anything about it, but you got to win the game at some point, And I think it's going to be like one of those, whenever that time may be, it's either going to be a 20 to nothing game or it's going to be a one, nothing <laughs> game. Like it's going to be one extreme or the other. The city of Minneapolis will rejoice in the streets. I promise you that it's a, yeah. been a long, long time coming. Absolutely. What about, I want to ask about when JD got thrown out after hitting a home run. Were you with the team <laughs> for that game? Yes. What was yes, what was. was the vibe? <laughs> Were you able to be in like the clubhouse with him? Like, was he laughing immediately after? I mean, that was a wild scene. I don't think anyone had ever seen a guy touch home plate after hitting a big home run and then get ejected immediately. Yeah, I I kind of looked away. I didn't really see what was happening. Like, I mean, obviously he wasn't happy with the pitch before that, and then he hits a pump, and like everyone's kind of getting down for the high five line. So I was like in. Chicago the dugouts are deep so if you're on the lower level you can't like you can barely see the field so then like there's a lot of who and then Rocco's yelling and it's like oh shit here we go what just happened like it was like wild like he was everybody was yelling and it was just like okay what happened and then I'd go watch a replay and figure out what had happened and like okay this is weird I, I I don't know it was like such a surreal thing it's like okay I think he won though. Like if you hit a pump, like I feel like you just won the war right there. We don't need to, <laughs> to accentuate it on the way by. And I think it was weird because I don't think he got thrown out for the swipe. It was like he got thrown out because he went back to touch home because I think he missed it yes. on the swipe. And then that's when the umpire clued yeah. in on it was when he came back to it. So if you just swiped and went, I think yeah, he'd been cool. he got worried. But like the fact that he went back and then stomped on it, like that's I think where where it got him because he was pretty clean through that point on. But um, you know, obviously that was one of those games. I think we ended up coming, you know, we ended up losing that game, and his spot came up in a crucial spot. Like it never fails. But uh, you know, I only got one toss in my career. I'm not a seasoned vet at it. I don't really know how to do it. So maybe that's what. He thought was the right move at the if time. He, didn't, he thought know. he didn't touch it, so he went back and they slammed. And if he just did the swipe to cover yeah. home plate with dirt on his way home while like grazing it, that would have been would have been pretty cool. Okay. Yeah, no yeah. kidding, right? I got in trouble by Twins territory because I tweeted out how much I love that, and people were so mad at me because his spot did yeah. come back up during that game, and you guys were right in the thick of it with the White Sox, and they're like, this could be the reason that we don't win the Central, and this is not good sportsmanship. I'm like, okay, sure, but it was <laughs> hilarious to watch a guy hit a homer and go put dirt on the plate as he went by. I mean, I've never seen it. We probably, I mean, maybe we'll see it a bunch now because people are clued into it, but man, I thought that was funny. JD, is, he, he's something else, man. I love and he's earned the right to be himself. Love, love talking about twins third basemen that wear 24. Um, my, my favorite one, Josh Donaldson. Um, I, I, first thing, 
Oh, I thought it first, was Joe Creedy. <laughs> the Joe? Not the Joker. That's Joe Randa. Uh, first, I want producer Big Baby David to note that Trevor brought up the Yankees this episode because he, he normally gives us <laughs> Yeah, that's been that. written down. Um, and I, just a couple quick hitters uh, for you, fellow Jake. Um, you mentioned you're in Tampa. You know, do you like commuting far away for spring training or do you like commuting to like someplace that might be close for spring training? <laughs> I mean, I, I know what you're alluding to. The place you're alluding to is like 15 minutes I, down the road from me. So. Let's not assume you know what I'm alluding to, but my follow-up question is, do you mind shaving? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if I shave, I lose like five years off my look, so I'll be back to like prospect Okay, status. and yeah, yeah, I mean... Do you have other teams? Like if, if the Yankees were the team, you'd have to shave. But like, say you went to the Blue Jays, do you have to put like Gritchick like lines in the side of your head? Do you ooh, think you'd, do you think you'd dress yourself different for other teams? I, I don't think I can pull off lines <laughs> in the hair like the cat, or like the cat scratch yeah. on the eyebrow. Like I think that's off limits for me. I'm pretty. Uh, I've got pretty you on the East Coast, so I've Ooh. so I've ruled out the Giants and the four teams that are interested Damn. for you. Just to let you, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I've got you, Blue Jays, Mets. <laughs> you know, if you want to come be on the Yanks, they're I don't think they're going to give a lot of money anywhere because they're. Well, my friend Bonds. Brian wanted me to ask those questions, and he 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 said, "Don't give up fly balls to right," and like you're good, that's it. Yeah, I mean that's safe. Anything in right field is you got to look a few times, and hopefully the wind's blowing in that day or yeah, something. Brian, I would love to see you on the Chicago White Sox with all of the open jerseys mm. and chains going on in that team, like to put you in there and just to kind of let you just swag it out with. Luis Robert and Jose Abreu and Tim Anderson. That would be a sight uh, right there, man. Just the this big chain open. Do you up. have a favorite? Just so many, so many <laughs> options, yes. right? Yeah. So do many you have candidates. a favorite color? Ooh. I don't know. I feel like I'm, I've been partial. But I'm trying to think about my colors that I've been. Everyone's been like a variety of blue. The Brewers were yeah. navy blue. The Royals were obviously royal blue. Tampa, navy and baby blue. Minnesota navy blue and like I've been okay been partial okay. shades of blue but you know I guess my last time I was a different colors like high school like red and black like there's I can mix it with anything so I can I can MLB does have too many blues they're starting to, to change too many blue and red teams but like you know the the Kelly green and the Padres changing it away from blue they're starting to mix it up that's the that's the stuff we analyze here yes um is is there one team we can eliminate? Those damn Royals for trying to make you throw low. Like, give me the one. Yes. Give me one team we are not going to as a unit. <laughs> we I honestly Yomi don't Yuri. know. Like, the, the Yomiuri Giants. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm probably going to rule that out. <laughs> don't rule that out. Look, I want to play your agent here. No, there is no team. Yeah. It was yeah. I mean, North America would be preferable. Okay. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll start there. Maybe North America's got the, the leg up on uh, Asia yeah. and all that right Some now. Are all but options. Honestly, I, 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 haven't, uh, I haven't eliminated any teams. Like, like we talked earlier, I think it's just dumb to limit your market when you don't know who maybe loves you and they've been in the dark this whole time. And then all of a sudden, boom, here they are, Professor Love, and you might be a member of that team. You never know. Beautiful. The Yankees bought Garrett Cole a bottle of wine. <laughs> Ooh. And, uh, would that, would that, what, so what kind of presents what can would we get item? other teams oh. to send you 
That would push you over. Also 300 plus <laughs> That's not the point, Trev. That We're helped. trying to get Odo gifts. What yeah. would you like teams to send you in the swag bag? Like, what interest <laughs> do you have? Well, I'm not a wine guy. Like, wine's never been my thing. I do love a good bush okay. light, though, with the best oh of them. Okay. So, Trev, don't even don't even knock. I know you're yeah, so sophisticated. Yeah, Craft yeah. beers and your your home bush light is. I mean, whoa! All that you could have said anything. The Mets are gonna send you like There's a, a keg of bush light, and your wife's gonna be like, "No, <laughs> not going there." <laughs> Gr- grew up in the St. Louis area, so bush mm. products were a high. You know, it's high on the uh, high on the list of the likes back from you know my roots. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm open to anything. I'm a simple yeah. guy. You like yeah. gifts. Everybody likes Everyone gifts. likes gifts. Fishing yes. rod, okay. Jake's yet to get one. <laughs> so the fingers crossed this Christmas. This free, agent, this free agency has sucked for me. I am getting nothing. <laughs> All right, man. Well, we can let you go. Thank you very much for hanging out with us for a bit. And, uh, yeah, just let us know when you officially decide. We'll break the news. Yeah. And then that'll be uh, Joyce. You would love to break the news. In five years, I need awesome. your timeline. Don't delete your notes at yeah, no, I'll keep them right now. When I'm done, whenever it is, I'll send it to Trev, and I'll let you. We'll make, yeah. a, we'll make our first, like, 30 for 30. Yeah. Yes, there we go. Behind the scenes of free agency. So interesting. All right, thanks, man. Baseball. And there you have it. He's going to. I can picture him in Mets and Blue Jays uniform pretty well. That's. I wanted to tell him. Man, I coming into the interview because I was wondering, you know, I, we want to ask all these questions about free agency, but at the end of the day, it's also this man's living, so you don't want to overstep your boundaries. But uh, I'm excited for Odo from what we've seen from the early free agency and pitchers because, um, you know, he had a weird year at first, and I was worried about that. But like he said, I mean, it, the injuries aren't the pitch, the injuries that would scare you with the pitcher. Like, there, there's clearly – some weird Corona stuff that happened to him and was unlucky. All the analytics stuff are really good to him. And man, I I think this is something we learned the past couple years at winter meetings is, you know, it free agencies go a lot better when the Yankees are involved or the Dodgers or the Cubs or the big market teams. And now you throw the Mets into that mix and everybody needs pitching. Like uh, I think Odo's going to do pretty well. He's, you know, he's, he's pitched, the Mets who just opened up 20-something yeah, I, I think I think Odo's going to do pretty well. And, uh, you know, here's here's a little playing with the balls. But, I mean, uh, uh, that dude, you don't have any questions about him joining your clubhouse or anything. Like, he's just going to go out and twirl you 30 really solid baseball games. So, I'm, uh, I'm excited for his free agency. I am, too. I, he, you know, we talked about it. He's a great guy, and I think he's – already garnered a ton of interest and he'll continue to do so throughout free agency and hopefully he promised us this so he better come through we need to be the one yeah. to break where well there's a, a the, there's another side be. to it you know sometimes the team has their resources and scouts so we'll see yeah but he, the thing is he has to be like yeah i'm going to you so as soon as he's like yeah i'm gonna go we'll <laughs> let him Inform the team and then inform we'll us first. Trev, I, this is, I mean, this is right up your alley. What's the final number? Three for, f- I don't want to put a cap on three it. for I have 50. No idea. Um, I th- looking at Smiley got what? Smiley 11? got at 111. I, I'd put Jake in the 15 range. Um, and yeah, you're looking at three, four okay. years. It's, 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 
and again, I don't want to put a cap on it, and we don't know how this free agency is going to work. It's been a weird last couple of years, but he's he's worth every penny because not only does he bring what he does on the field, but he makes other people better too. Like he he can teach a young guy how to be successful in the big leagues, and you can't overstate how important that is. Uh, he's the guy. He's the guy. Dang. I want to ask you one question before yeah. we go, Jim. You cooking a bird? No, no, um, no. Okay, am I, are we touching on something? I was going to say something, but I don't want people to be like, Bleh. I already know. I already know what you were going to say. Okay, so you're yes. not cooking a bird. I was curious. I'm I not, you know, and I don't think my parents, want, my mom wants to because we're having a smaller gathering, and the rest of my family and myself, I don't eat turkey on Thanksgiving. I eat everything else besides the turkey because it's dry and I don't like it. But that's what I didn't want to say. Maybe for content purposes. Like, that's a lot of America. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, don't worry about other people. I, I just want to see, you know, like the hilarious food video. That I'm going to cook something. I think I'm so. in charge of like an appetizer or two. So I'll okay. be cooking something. Maybe I'll make a video on it. Last yeah. question. You put uh, Reese's peanut butter mm. cup in between two Oreo pieces. How I was mean, that? It, it tasted exactly like like what it would taste like. It was pretty good. So I've been pissed <laughs> off. I can't even look at the picture anymore because someone said you should have taken two Oreos and put the split two Oreos and then took the white part on both yes. sides. So it was Oreo yes. filling, Reese's filling, Oreo. And I can't even look at the picture without, like, deep regret that that's not what I did. I thought the exact same thing, Jim. So I, I'm, I actually, like, I, that tweet still, I'm getting action on it, and I, I just can't look at it. Now I fucked it up. But I did have people. <laughs> there, it's, the cooking game's funny because, like, I get, I get homemade Reese's Cups sent to me a lot. Like, I made your recipe. And then when I did the Crunchwrap Supreme, I got, like, 10 that night. It was like, we made it. It's like wild. Funny. So last night I, I got one in this dude's on Instagram. He must have been high as well or something. He's like, I've been, he's like, I did this last night. And it was, it was an Oreo on top, a Reese's in the middle, um, and then a Ritz cracker on oh, the no. bottom. And I was like, how did that play? And then he gave me like a deep salty and sweet. I mean, I get it. Yeah, he but. gave me an answer. He was like, it kind of like lubricated it a little bit. Like it was good. It was like this is this is a weird world of people sending me food stuff. I love it, baby. But it is fun. I love yeah, Twitter. It's I like getting people's responses. The responses to that. <laughs> I think I retweeted. It's like drop the recipe, Kings. Got me really <laughs> That's good. good. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Got me really good. <laughs> Sure, uh, send us a picture of your bird, Trev, on Thanksgiving. Uh, look, I'll be honest with you. I'm I'm doing a Whole Foods wow. order. Here. We're doing a Whole Foods thing. Yeah, because like we we don't want everyone in the kitchen. So we're doing it outside. So it's it comes almost. You have to cook it, but you don't have to prep it. So yeah. so weird, dear. I wasn't talking food that. at all. When I said send me a picture of your bird, yeah, uh, you you probably have one. Oh, I probably sent yeah. one to you before. All right, RV times, RV times. Outro. Happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy yourselves. Oh, big reminder: go um, take everyone's phone and subscribe. At Thanksgiving, go around at the Thanksgiving. Oh yeah, yeah. At Thanksgiving. Have them do it with their hands. Don't be passing phones and this stuff. This is just like a game. Everyone, quick game. And oh, then, my God. Everyone, open your phone. Everyone, your phone. Go to your podcast app. Go to your podcast app. Hey, he's rounding third. There he goes. <laughs> <laughs>
see ya. And then have everyone in the family subscribes at once. It's a big family event. See you guys. Thanks. Really appreciate it. And Christopher Columbus, you suck. You're Easter. Bang. Bang. Dick sucks. <laughs>